want us to go to Joel chapter 2. And I um, want to read verses 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2. Verse 28, 29. It's a very familiar portion of scripture. It says there, and it shall come to pass afterward. Let's say afterward. Okay. Thank you, all three of you. Let's try that again. Let's say afterward. That's what I want to focus on today, this one word, afterward. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and also on my maid servants and on my, our men servants and my maiden servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days, amen. I wanna to talk to you for a few moments this morning on this one word, after word afterward father we thank you for this day that you've given us we thank you that your presence is here and we sense you now and near us and we thank you for that we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and that you have come today to strengthen sustain and speak into our hearts into our minds into our spirits God, the eternal strength that comes through your word. So I pray today that as we share your word this morning, that it will come alive because we know that the letter killeth, but the spirit brings life. So we pray that the spirit will rest upon your words today and let it come alive in us. God, we give you thanks and praise for this in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Afterward. We have the word of God that confirms to us that as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that he orders our steps. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And most people will agree with this as long as those steps are upward, as long as they are progressive, as long as we are making movement or moving forward. Uh, we uh, tend to agree with that. But if we believe that, then we must also believe that he orders our steps uh, when not just in upward motion, but he orders our steps whenever we, it seems that we are going downward. It is the picture of the children of Israel that uh, when God seen, real, knew that they would turn back and go back to a land of bondage that he would take them around another direction instead of facing their enemies head on he would take them around about them so that fear would not grip their heart and they return back to a place of bondage and captivity and I know for that I for one have uh, dealt with disappointment frustration failure and not understanding the why. Pastor Renee and I uh, would be doing the best that we know how to do, serving God with everything that was within us, 
and only for our hopes and our dreams to not come to pass. We started in Milton uh, pastoring in 1993 and we were uh, there for five years and I remember prior to being appointed to that church that uh, I was coming, uh, was a state evangelist here in West Virginia and we were going uh, home one night as we traveled many times in the night and I remember passing by on 64 heading uh, toward Canova and uh, I seen all of the lights that was in this, this city and in this region and I uh, heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and said that if you will be faithful that I will give you influence in this region. I did not know what that meant at the time. I was not appointed to that church. I wasn't even uh, thinking about anything in this area. But uh, then uh, we, I was there for five years and uh, we, uh, God helped us and all of that. And we had a wonderful time there. But uh, at the same time we left there, we went to White Sulphur Springs and we were there for 10 years and we seen the Lord blessed tremendously there. Uh, then we uh, went from there to uh, St. Louis and we were there for two years and, and helped to uh, rebuild and restructure the church there. But before we ever left um, Milton uh, and we, in 98, and we had no thought of ever returning back to this region, nothing like that. But before we left there, we received a word from the Lord that said that he would uh, cause us to come full circle, that he would cause us to come full circle. And so uh, we didn't know what that meant at all either because we didn't know the future. We didn't know what was taking place. But as you know, uh, God has brought us full circle. I'm living uh, just a short stone throw away from where we lived uh, just many years ago. And uh, so God has brought us full circle just like he said that he would. And uh, even though that you don't understand, how many know that the steps, whenever you're taking these steps, and I say all of that to say that we didn't understand the steps we were taking. We didn't understand how that God was leading and he was directing and he was orchestrating. And sometimes it would even seem confusing or frustrating. But, but God was working his plan to bring us full circle, just like he said many years before. Amen. And you may be able to relate to that today, that, that when things in your life and when God is doing something in your life, at the moment, you do not understand it. You don't understand why it didn't work out the way you planned for it to work out. You didn't understand why the circumstances came the way that they came. You, at the moment, you didn't understand what was going on. You know, I, I, I for one, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. There is no lack of vision in my heart. I, I can see the big picture. I can dream big dreams. I can, I can believe God for big things. I really can. And, and, and I, I see that. But it, it's, it's, the, it's the details that I need help with. It's the things of bringing that together. And, and so uh, early on in ministry, God gave me a dream of, of preaching to, to a see. I, 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 and I don't dream a lot. Renee does all of the dreaming in our house. 
I don't dream a lot, but whenever I have a dream that sticks with me, I remember that dream, I hold on to it because I feel like there's something of value or importance there. And so the Lord would give me a dream early in ministry and, and I would be preaching to a sea of, of black faces, of black folks. And I didn't know what all of that meant. And, and I seen it as I was preaching to them and the Holy Spirit would touch them. And as I was preaching the word and in 1992, I seen the fulfillment of that dream as I preached to over uh, 22,000 people in Africa. And the power of God just flowed over the place like a sea, like an ocean, would cover the, the, the body of people and many were delivered and set free by the power of God. And uh, so I rejoiced in that and I thought it would probably take all of my ministry to see that dream become a reality, but it happened right there in 1992. February, 92. The Lord gave me another dream, and, and I, in this dream I was preaching and I seen another sea of people, but it wasn't just black folks, it was all nationalities. It was black people, it was white people, it was Hispanic people, it was all, uh, all types of people that was just in a crowd, and I seen them coming as a given invitation in that dream, I seen the crowd come to, uh, to uh, Christ and accepting Jesus. And, and I thought for a while that, that, you know, maybe I was supposed to be a missionary. Maybe I was to spend the rest of my life on the mission field. And I had that dream again. And this time the Lord spoke to me and he said, this dream will not come to pass in the foreign field, but you will see this dream come to fulfillment in America. I haven't seen that dream yet, but I'm holding on to it. Amen. I'm believing God for it. You see, when you dare to dream big dreams, you will be misunderstood. Amen. You will be betrayed. You'll be lied on. It's not easy, but it has a purpose. I said it's not easy, but it has a purpose. And in the absence of an enemy, Israel would settle in the plains, right? And God told them to go and to cover the earth. But they found a place and they said it looks good to us. It seems good to us. And so they settled there in the plains and they were satisfied with where they were. And you know they began to build a tower. And, the, and whenever there was no enemy they began to murmur and they began to complain. And their enemy pushed them. It was their enemy that came and pushed them into their purpose. If there was no enemy, they would have never crossed the sea. If there was no enemy, they would have never believed God for the waters to be able to be rolled back so that they could walk across on dry ground. But you see, your enemy does have a purpose. And that purpose many times is to push you. And even though you don't like it, and even though it isn't enjoyable, the enemy has a purpose, and that purpose is to not allow you to settle or be content with where you are when God has promised you much more. When he has promised you that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither is it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has in store for those who loves him he's saying don't settle for nothing less. I've got something greater for you but you've got to trust me. And so it's just our nature that we learn to settle isn't it? 
get comfortable. Huh? How many know you can get comfortable in any situation? Amen. You can get comfortable in any situation. You can get satisfied and content with where you are. You know, I, 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 uh, just comes to mind, a friend of mine and, and me were out and we were hunting and, and um, they, we, I said, what do you want to eat? He said, I want a hamburger. Right? I said, I ain't eating no hamburger. I can eat a hamburger at the house. We got seafood here. We're going to eat seafood. He said, no. He said, I, I don't eat seafood. I said, I'm going to drop you off at McDonald's, but I'm going to go eat seafood. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Sometimes we just settle for mediocrity. We settle for, and I'm not against, you know, you know, whatever you like. If you don't like seafood, bless your heart. I'll pray for you. But, uh, but the reality of it is, is we settle so many times. Isn't it true? That's the point I'm trying to make. We, we settle whenever we can be and, and look at the natural. We can just settle for things and we can be content with things whenever God says, I've got much more for you. I've got better for you. I've, I've got something for you that if you just trust me. And, and, and how many know that when God gives God give, bring forth the early rain and the latter rain in the same month or the same time and what is he saying he's saying I'm going now that you've gone through the storm now that you've gone through the, the, the locust now that you've gone through the warfare now that everything in your life seems to be devoured and nothing is left he said I'm going to bring the former and the latter rain in the same month in other words he said I'm going to accelerate I'm going to bring acceleration to this thing so that you don't have to wait another month or another year for a harvest. But he said, I'm going to bring it in the same month so that the harvest will be fulfilled. He said, I'm going to give you wheat. Wheat speaks of the harvest. But he said, I'm also going to give you new wine. Amen? New wine. Wine speaks of the Holy Spirit. And so he said, after you've gone through the storm, after you've gone through the difficulty, after you've gone through the devastation and the devouring of your life, I'm going to accelerate it and I'm going to give you a harvest and I'm going to give you a freshness of the Holy Spirit. How many know when you come through the battles of life and you go through the troubles and the storms are all around you that you need strength you need the harvest but you also need the Holy Spirit amen the Holy Spirit will strengthen you the Holy Spirit will guide you the Holy Spirit will give you strength we need the new wine of the Holy Spirit when we've gone through the storms of life to sustain us and cause strength to come back to our spiritual life the Holy Spirit will give you vision again it'll cause you to dream again it'll give you purpose again and even though you've gone through all of that just receiving the freshness of the Holy Spirit it breathes life into you amen the Holy Spirit I don't know why in the scripture it's called the Holy Ghost but it is, it, is, it is called that in the scriptures, the Holy Ghost. And I know that it weirds people out sometimes but the reality of it is when you look at it it is called the breath amen 
And so he breathes into us like he breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. It is the breath of the Holy Spirit. And there are times, have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? Used to play a little football and the first time that I had the wind knocked out of me, I thought I was dying. Nobody told me about that. I'm trying to breathe and no, no air coming in. Huh? And I'm there <sighs> trying to get some kind of air to flow. That's how we are spiritually sometimes. We get not the air knocked out of us. We get the breath knocked out of us. Has anybody been there? Can we be real? And the breath is knocked out of us and we need the Holy Spirit to come along and breathe into us and cause our lungs, our spiritual lungs to be refilled with the breath and the life and the zoe of God so that we can get up and we can believe again. So we can breathe again. So we can dream again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so he said, I'm going to accelerate this thing. I'm going to give you a harvest. And then I'm going to breathe into you afresh and anew through the Holy Spirit. And then he said, I'm going to give you oil. Oil represents the anointing. Amen. You know the anointing, right? The anointing makes the difference. The anointing causes singers to sing good. The anointing causes preaching to be effective. Come on, somebody. The anointing is what makes the difference in our lives. It, it, it transforms and changes everything. The oil, you know, you can be through the storm and you can get rusty and you can, you can um, not be able to move or able to function. But when the oil, you know, when a door doesn't work right or gets squeaky, what do you do? You oil the door. Huh? You put the oil on the door, the word of God, the anointing of God will cause those things that aren't working, that are stiff, that are tight, that are not functioning properly. When the oil comes, it releases you so that you can function as God has created and designed for you too in the spirit. Amen. He says, I'm going to give you a harvest. I'm going to give you new breath and I'm going to give you an anointing. And then he says, I'm going to restore unto to you the years amen I'm going to restore to you the years that the locust and the caterpillar and the canker worm the devourer came and cleaned out as he, he prophesied in Joel he, when you looked at it you seen a city that was devastated you seen a nation that nothing was left that you seen these, these locusts as marching armies that one after another would perpetually come until everything was gone but he said after the storm after this is all gone after you feel like that nothing is left after you have done all that you can to stand and you can't stand any longer he said I'm going to accelerate it I'm going to give you all of this but he said I'm also going to restore the years that the locust has taken the canker worm and the caterpillar have destroyed but there is an afterward what after you've gone through the, you see a lot of this modern day church wants to do away with the process but if you believe it or you preach it or not, there's still a process. You're still going to have to go through some things. <coughs> Amen. You're still going to have some disappointments. You're still going to have some things you don't understand. But after all of that is over, glory to God.
after it is all over. God said, I'm going to do something for you. I've got something for you. You see, after Abraham stepped out in faith and left what he knew and went looking for a city, <laughs> it was then that God made him the father of many nations. It was after Moses acted in faith that God caused him to become a leader. It was after Gideon goes back to Zerubbabel, amen, and sees the ruins and sees all that is there that he rebuilds the wall and becomes governor. Amen. It was after Rahab had put away her harlotry and she began to believe God that she became a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm telling you that after Jesus died on the cross, he ascended back to the Father and he made an intercession for you and for me that we don't have to live life without purpose or hope, but we can have an extravagant hope today because of what Jesus did. After he died, we have life. After he died and rose again, we have a greater victory. And I want to say to you today that it isn't about the storm. It isn't about what you're going through, but you got to hold on to the after. Amen. You see, the storms of life come to extract from you. Every, every storm in life comes to extract from you. I, I'm not preaching from a context. I'm just preaching to you from experience. And storms come to extract from you, to take away from you. They come to, to get a part of who you are or what God has planned in your life or purposed in your life. It comes to take something away. And it's important that we remember that it's not just about what the storm is or what the storm has done, but it is after the storm is what is important. After the storm, what do you have left? Because you should never go through a storm and not come out with a prophet. I'm going to say it again. You should never go through life's storms and not come out with a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is what is left after you've paid all of the expenses. After you've paid the price. Come on, somebody. After you've gone through the storm, after you've laid it all out, after you've given everything that you've got, amen, and you've given it all that you have, and then at the end of the day, what is left is your profit. And so it's not important about the storm. It's not important about how you've been beaten and how you've been battered and how that you've been frustrated and how that you've been isolated and how that you've been overwhelmed. It's not about the storm at all. It's about after the 
the storm? What is left in your life? What do you have? Because what you have is the prophet. And I want to say to you today that when those storms come into your life to extract from you, make sure that you don't go through that storm and not bring, uh, have a result, not have a, have a prophet on the other side. It, it may look like, and people may count you out, and people may say all kinds of things about you. It really doesn't matter what the opinions of people are. What matters is when I get on the other side of this storm, after this storm is finished, after the trouble is over, after the problem is resolved, after all these things have gone in my life, what do I have left? And that is my prophet. Glory to God. I want to tell you today, go through the storm, but let healing be your prophet. Amen. Let go through the storm, but let your marriage be restored. The prophet, after you've gone through the storm, let joy be restored. Be the prophet. After you've gone through all that you've gone through, amen, let the victory of God, the sweetness of the Holy Spirit, the breath of His Holy Spirit breathing on the inside of you, His oil anointing flowing over you, let it be the prophet of the storm that you have gone through. Hallelujah. You see, Peter didn't walk on the water until after the storm. Amen. So, even though the storms are bad, don't get focused on the storm. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on the promise. Because you see, when you're going through the battles of life, the storms, the failures, the disappointments, don't forget afterwards. Don't forget what this is all about. Because you said afterwards, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. We need an outpouring today. <laughs> I said we need an outpouring today. The modern day church in America and the American church for the last 20 years has been in a, a drought, been in a famine. Because we've been in a drought and a famine, we have gone our own ways and we've done our own things and we've, and we've done some things that, that aren't necessarily good for the kingdom of God. But I want to tell you today that the storm is over, the drought is over, and afterwards is what is important. And God said that after you've gone through all of these things that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Glory to God. You see, I'm believing today not for just where we are, but I'm believing for where we're going. And I know today that some people say, well, you're out of touch and you, you're not relatable and you can, you can say all of these things and it's not that I do not want to be, but I believe that I'm in touch and I believe that I've heard from heaven. Amen. And even though it may not be popular now, there's a time coming in America when there's going to need a church that's full of power, that need a church that knows the goodness of God that knows how to lay hands on the sick and see 
him recover. Knows how to cast out a demonic spirit and say be free in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've gone through the storms but on this side of the storm there's an outpouring. There's an afterword that God is going to show us his glory and his power. Amen. And I want to tell you that I refuse to go through all that have gone through and not get the reward afterward. Amen. I'm looking for the prophet. I'm looking for the gifts of the spirit. I'm looking for the promise of God. I'm looking for your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren to come into the house of the Lord. I'm looking for that dream that God gave me so many years ago. Amen. That every people, every kindred, tongue, and nation, they will come running to the house of the Lord and say, what must I do to be saved? I know it doesn't look like it right now, but I'm telling you today that they're coming an hour very soon in America where people are going to cry out. It's the afterword, and we've got to be prepared for the afterword. Amen. Amen. Somebody high-five your neighbor and say three months. Oh, it wasn't just a good sermon title. It's inside of me. Amen. I said it's inside of me because I believe what God is doing is real. Amen. Afterward, after the job didn't work out. After the marriage ended in divorce. After the kids chose their ungodly ways. After the doctor's bad report. After the done all that you can to stand. It shall come to pass afterward. Amen. Amen. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Afterwards, he said, you're going to dream again. Afterwards, you're going to see vision again. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you dreamed? How long has it been since you believed for something greater than you had the potential to bring to pass? How long has it been since you've had something in your heart to have faith toward? Amen. Because the Bible said that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, then you don't have to have faith for it. Right? But the fact that you can't see it, the fact that you can't, can't, can't put your hands on it, the fact that it isn't, it isn't attainable in the natural is the, the reason why that we must have faith for it. What do you have faith for? What are you believing for? After this storm is over, afterwards, what are you believing for? After the storm, after the trouble, after the difficulty, what are you believing for? Well, I'm just hoping I'm hanging on. I hope I can make it through. I hope that I can just stand the test. I hope that I can just hold on. No, no, no. Don't go through all of that and not get a reward. Don't go through all of that and not have a profit. <coughs> Amen. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And yet, if we don't have any hope inside of us, then we have no faith for something that's miraculous or something that's impossible or something that we're believing for that's beyond ourselves. And then we have to look at the scripture. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, when you look at that and you break that down, it, it literally says this, that uh, means this, this is this, that, that whenever you're living life so safe that you don't need to make a withdrawal from the deposit of faith that God has placed in you, you're not pleasing him. So if we're living life so safe and we're going through the storm and it extracts everything from us and we have nothing left to believe for or believe God for, then we're not pleasing to him. But I just come today to share this little message with somebody and let you know that after the storm is over, you ought to expect the miraculous. After the storm is over, you ought to expect victory. After the storm is over, you ought to expect the joy of the Lord being your strength. After the storm is over and the clouds have rolled by, you ought to know that there is more of God in your life than there's ever been in your life. And the greater one is showing up with power and with authority. So don't allow the storms to intimidate you. Don't allow the clouds to hide faith in your life. But dare to rise up and believe. God for the miraculous hallelujah <coughs> without faith it's impossible to please him but if the faith of God is in your heart today you can believe him and he will bring it to pass amen amen praise God I know that y'all lost an hour last night I'm glad you're here today. But I want you to leave before you leave the house today to know that it's not just about the storm. Don't get focused on the storm because after the storm is over, there's great things in store for you. It's not the end, it's the beginning. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's, it's the beginning. It's the, it's the afterword that you got to hold on to and believe God for the supernatural in your life. Glory to God. Amen. All right. I'm done. How long was I today? I've been feeding you a lot, so I guess that's, I'm ready. Been feeding you a lot, so I guess I took a little break. I don't know how long I've been. <laughs>